right, praise be to God. Hey, as you take your seats, turn to your neighbor and say, I believe. Thank you, man. All right. Well, welcome. It is good to see you. I am Pastor Andrew, and we're glad that you've joined us this morning. And as we jump into our message in our Roman series, I asked you to say that because I believe... You and I believe in a lot of different things. You and I have convictions. You and I have a uh, grassroots, a foundation, if you will, of what you believe in. And if you're sitting there saying, "Ah, I can't pinpoint it though. I don't know exactly what I believe. I just want to encourage you. Pay attention to what you do. What you do ultimately will reveal what you believe. And so this morning as we jump into this study, I want to give you a little heads up here. There's going to be some weeks that it's going to be like, that was awesome. I'm encouraged. I'm growing. Other weeks that you're going to be like, I didn't like that. I don't want to go back, but I need to, okay? And I want to tell you right now, I'm really excited for this message, and I I confess this to Pastor Tyler and to Mike Sells. You know, today we're going to be in chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, but next week we got to buckle up because we're going to be in chapter 1, verse 18 through chapter 3, verse 20. So I'm still trying to figure out a week ahead of how I'm going to preach all that, but we're going to get there. So we're going to focus on these first 17 verses. So if you brought a Bible with you, I want to encourage you to open that up to Romans chapter 1. The words will also be here on the screen. And this is the words from the Apostle Paul. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who, as to his eternal life, was a descendant of David, And who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I have planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I may have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to the Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and foolish, That is why I am eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, 
a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word that you've spoken through the Apostle Paul and Romans. And Lord, may our hearts be open, may our our minds be out of ease, that we would receive what you would have for us, that we would learn, that we would grow, and ultimately, Lord, that we would know you as our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we begin this study of Romans with a title, A Firm Foundation in the Age of Decay. And I don't think that's too uh, far of a stretch for a lot of us as we look around at what's taking place in the world. We look uh, just in our own community and we have a a lot of different uh, avenues and a lot of different decisions, a lot of different foundations before us. And so there's a lot of question, what do we believe as Christians? What do we believe as Christians? And how are we to respond? How are we to participate? What what do we do with what, what happens in the world? And this is not just a new question that we face as Christians, but it is the question that has been passed down through generations. A firm foundation in the age of decay. Now I want us to understand that as we head into this study of Romans, it's important to know who this Paul is and why Paul is such an important role in speaking to the church of Rome. So I want to begin, and, and this is going to be a pretty in-depth of the background of Paul and who he was and why he's writing this letter to the church and explaining himself. As he opens up in the first six verses, Paul proclaims to us that he's a servant of Christ and he's called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, this gospel which is promised beforehand through the prophets and the holy scriptures regarding his son Jesus Christ, the earthly life of the descendant of David. And he's also talking about Jesus and the spirit of the holiness, how he was resurrected from the dead. And he says this in verse 5, Through him we've received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. If you remember last week, Pastor Tyler talked about the the Jews and the Gentiles and and ultimately uh, had us collectively come to the understanding we're Gentiles. So we're we're not Jewish uh, in our heritage, in our tradition. And some of you in here maybe have some strands of that in your family line. But from my acknowledgement and, and my observation, there are a lot of us in here that are not Jewish and observing the Jewish faith. So here Paul is talking to a context of Jews not just about what's important of the gospel to them, but also how the Gentiles, how we are included in the midst of that. Paul is opening up this letter with a thesis, revealing to to this church and to us his position as a servant of Christ for the gospel, the mission at hand through the power of the Holy Spirit, and all of those who would receive and believe would belong to Christ. Now, Paul begins with a very bold explanation and explanation of why he's writing this letter. As every word of the Bible is God-breathed and has the right for us to understand the context then and our context now. Paul tells us not only in the beginning of Romans, but he also tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. I want to read these words to you. This is, this is his life starting. If someone thinks they, are, uh, they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel and the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee. 
as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Paul was a Jew. Paul was also a Roman citizen, and this brings into the historical light that his family was in sorts of a social high class and kept their connections with Israel, or with Jerusalem. And when Paul was a young man, he was sent to Jerusalem to learn the prominent uh, laws, and he he learned from a Pharisee named Gamaliel. Now, we don't hear or see anything about Paul and the Gospels. In fact, the first time that we actually are introduced to Paul was the martyrdom of Stephen, who was the first Christian killed for their faith. It's the first glimpse of this man, and we learn his hostility towards Christians. Now, shortly after this Christian was killed, Paul becomes the headhunter for the church. He was put in charge of bringing Christians to prison for them to be tortured, and some of them were killed. So think about that for a second as we start this study. That's the context, okay? That's the context of this man named Paul, which we'll get to in a second. His original name was actually Saul, but after he became a Christian, his name was changed to Paul. Now, you, we, we might glance over that and say, oh, that's, that's great, but what does it have to do with me? What does it have to do with me? I want us to collectively think about our own lives for a second. Think about the worst thing that you have ever done in your life. And maybe that's something in the closet of your mental and spiritual state that you're like, I just don't know if I can take that step. I just don't know if God would love me enough or have the compassion or the forgiveness because of what I've done. Here, Paul was a murderer of the church. And this was widely known by Christians. So here you are, a church that's receiving a letter from the Apostle Paul, who in his context and background was a murderer. Now you and I know we've been in different conversations. It happens to me a lot, especially uh, in the small town of Center Point and, and graduating from North Lynn. People are like, how in the world are you a pastor? How in the world can you even be in a church? It's like, well, you knew me in my BC days, my before Christ days. And we all have those moments, we all have those interactions and context where we we have people that view us only in who we were and not who we are now. And that's important for us to understand as Paul is saying, hey, if anybody has any right to to really uh, be proud in their flesh, he's like, if you're a proud Jew, I'm more Jewish than you. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was brought up in the law. I was I was." taught by this famous Pharisee. My family had this high class order. He's talking about, hey, if you got something to be proud of, I'm even, even prouder to the T as I go. But as Paul talks about his upbringing and who he was, he says this in Acts chapter 22, verse three through five. I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death. Now, if you didn't know that, this way, that was actually the name of those who believed in Jesus Christ before it was Christian, the way. And that is also where we get the understanding of the symbol of the fish, because 
as a Christian, there was a lot of persecution. So if you were traveling and you saw the image of the fish, whether it was in the sand or it was on a wall or something like that, that meant this is where believers in Christ remain. This is where believers in Christ are. So he's talking about the followers of their, their way, arrested both men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and the council can themselves testify. I, I even obtained letters from them to their an, associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. He hated the church. He hated what was taking place and he didn't want to see this faith. He didn't want to see this understanding of Jesus Christ grow, not even for a minute. But then we read in Acts chapter 6, verse 6 through 16, he says this. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. Now, Paul was on his way to Damascus to capture Christians. I fell to the ground and I heard voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord, I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me to, by hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. And he stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard, and now what, you are, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, wash your sins away, calling on his name. Paul had a conversion on the way of capturing Christians. He had an experience in the conversation with Jesus Christ. He was blinded, and he was sent a man who ultimately called him out and said, believe in Jesus Christ and the mission that he's put before, before you, and go. Paul journeyed all over the place. Now, it's important for us to understand, did Paul just have this uh, epiphany and have all the understandings of all the Gospels and the life and ministry of Jesus Christ? No, Paul actually remained there in Damascus and was trained by the disciples who walked with Jesus. And so here is Paul that is trained and he's brought up and he, he has this understanding and the light, the, the scales are removed from his eyes essentially of what he's known and how he's observed the law to now into the gospels and the truth of Jesus Christ. He's, he's had this foundation as a Jew. He's had this understanding of the law and now he's coming into the understanding how Jesus fulfills that law and how Jesus has died for everybody, Jew and Gentile alike. And he starts to go and he starts to preach. And it is recorded that Paul, by foot, preached the gospel by walking more than 10,000 miles. That's by foot. That's not even by boat, as Brenda talked about him being shipwrecked. So imagine that. 10,000 miles by foot, preaching the gospel, sharing about Jesus. Would you do that? Would I do that? 
Well, of course not. We've got vehicles now, right? Now, we take all of this into account and think about Paul and his context as a servant of Christ, and we think about Rome. Why is he specifically writing to Rome? Rome, where over a million people are living in this time, where the main religion was Greek mythology and polytheism, where there's many gods. Christians were persecuted because they would not worship the emperor. The emperor, uh, every emperor that came into rule was deemed a god. And so the Christians said, no, there's only one true god, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we learn through history, and, and this is even in the secular world. You can look this up in the historical books. There's an emperor, Nero, who hated Christians so much that there was such a great persecution that there were many Christians that were covered in tar, and they were hung by uh, poles lining the roads and lit on fire. That was their roadway lights at night, burning bodies. Hated Christians so much. And in the context, Paul is writing to them about the truth of the gospel. This is the message. This is the truth of Jesus Christ. Now we need to think about this in the age of decay that we see and face in our country and our world today. I believe we need to admit and acknowledge and believe that sin is utterly real. That the devil is real. And if we don't hold fast to the gospel in which we are going to learn about, we're going to continue to see decay. The words of Jesus Christ in the gospel of Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Are we listening? Are we obedient in knowing Christ is always with us? You see, we hear the Apostle Paul right here in Romans telling us of what is to come. For many, they don't know the gospel. For many, they don't know the full ins and outs of what does it mean that Jesus Christ was God's Son born unto us. And Paul begins here in chapter 1, and we're going to really dig into it next week as well. Paul's telling us, laying it out, this is what it means. This is what it means from Genesis to Revelation. And so I encourage each of us to buckle up, to be ready, to be challenged, to grow, and to believe. Jesus didn't hesitate or give options of maybe or if you're comfortable. But he commissioned us to preach the gospel, to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As it is, Paul writes a statement of his own faith. And we have to check our own and you know, there are moments in our lives that things happen that we don't want to happen or moments where somebody preaches us a sermon or gives us God, the God-given gospel truth that brings us to our knees into tears. 
as I've been spending time in this word and praying over what does it, it mean for us here as a church? What does it mean for me as an individual in my faith walking journey, as an individual, as a husband, as a father? The gospel. Well, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. How many of you have been in a moment where you've doubted or you've been ashamed or maybe you just didn't know what would happen if you talked to somebody else about Jesus this week Thursday night as Amy was here at the women's gathering I was um, trying my best and I actually appreciate that the women have the gathering and leave the husbands to try to fend for themselves and get all the kids ready fed and in bed and as I've got Maggie in her high chair, and, and Luella, obviously, as you witnessed here, loves reptiles. She's watched snakes and turtles on YouTube. I'm, that's, that's on me. Amy is like, no TV. I'm like, where's YouTube? Whew, need YouTube. Lou's glued to the TV, and Lou loves to watch snakes and, and, and turtles and all of these uh, different reptiles and learning different things. And, and we really have to poke and prod to get her to read a book. And Joanna is doing what Joanna does. She's helping me with the dishes and helping with Maggie and playing. And I have YouTube on my phone and I'm listening to the president. And I'm not going to lie, I had a lot of different mixed emotions. And, and honestly, I was so distracted that I just stood there just to listen. As I know many of you did as well. And as I'm distracted, and I, I don't even, I'm still working through my feelings on that. Luella comes running into the kitchen. Dad, Dad. And I'm just listening to the news. I'm just listening. She's like, Dad. And I finally stop. I'm like, what, Luella? She's holding a little Bible. It says, Dad, we need to read this right now. And I instantly just said, you're right, and we do. And I put my phone down, and we opened up that little Bible with the flip pages. And we started at Noah's Ark and went all the way to Jesus' death and resurrection. Even me, my three-year-old daughter, who uh, we can attest, and you can come and watch them. Getting her to read a book is hard. Comes around the corner and says, we need to read this right now. Man, that's only God. That's only God in the midst of our lives where we least expect it or least want it. And sometimes it's going to be through somebody else, and sometimes it's going to be God moving you to do that for somebody else. So the question of Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed in all my context. I'm not ashamed to come to you. And the truth of the gospel, I'm not ashamed to tell you that Jesus died for you. I'm not ashamed to tell you that he's fulfilled the law. I'm not ashamed to tell you of the life that you could have. So we begin today asking ourselves ultimately the question, are we ashamed of the gospel? Are we proud 
to have the opportunity and the blessing to share that with somebody else. I look around the congregation right now and, and it's, it's amazing to see all of your faces and to know that there are experiences that you've had that I can't even fathom and only God knows each and every single one of you and where you've been and what you've done. But I also see your faces and the opportunity that God is giving you and I as the church to share this good news, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ because you and I know there are people outside these walls as much as inside these walls who are hurting, who don't know, who aren't sure, that need a three-year-old to come around the corner and say, let's read this. Are you with me? Will you be committed to this study? Even in the moments that you're uncomfortable and don't want to hear what it says. We need to know. We need to know from Genesis to Revelation what God is revealing to us. We need to know our foundation. We need to know God is our creator, our savior. For is that truth? There's a reason of us being here. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father,